0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners again today. We're so thankful to have this opportunity to be with you Monday through Friday right here in Search the Scriptures and get into God's Word and study a little bit deeper, a little bit more thoroughly, learn a little bit more. You know, God's Word is so important because faith is... Develops within us as we study and learn and understand and then make the proper applications to our lives That's how faith develops within us so it's important that we are in God's Word as Often as we can but certainly on a very frequent and consistent basis We need to stay strong in our faith. We need to grow in our faith, and that comes by getting into God's word. Again, Romans 10 and verse 17. If you're listening with us for the very first time, we pray that you will quickly come to realize that we do exactly as the name Search the Scriptures says. We search the scriptures on this radio program. We do. We dig deep. We look at God's word in detail, but we try to explain what is written there for us in a way that is easy to understand and that also makes sense for our daily lives. We hope, we pray, that you will, as you study with us, that you'll come to the point where your faith will be so strong that you will make up your mind to come to God through Jesus Christ, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in him openly as as God's son and your savior and surrendering to him in baptism, being buried with him immersed in the waters of baptism for the remission of your sins and thereby being reborn spiritually. John three verses three through five coming to salvation. Mark 16 verses 15 and 16 and also being made new spiritually, a new creation spiritually, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. We do pray for you. Our prayers are for you. We pray for you on a regular basis. Now, we encourage you to help other people in your life. You know people, people who need to change their life. They need to come to God. They need to grow in their faith. They need to get in God's word will help them, tell them about this program, search the scriptures, encourage them to listen. And we realize that not everybody can always tune in at the prescribed times that this program is broadcast over the air, even though it's on several times every day, Monday through Friday, but there is an option you can go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com, scroll down the homepage to the podcast button, click on that, and sign up for our podcasting. It is free. It always will be free. As we have said many times, we never charge anybody anything for any study materials that we offer. That's not the way we work. I know there are Religious broadcasts out there that say, if you'll send us a donation for such and such, we'll send you a free gift. Well, that doesn't sound free to us. What we offer is free. It will always be free. We're not after people's wallets. We want to help people get to heaven. When you sign up for our podcasting, you will automatically receive to your smart device, whichever one you choose, your smartphone or computer or laptop or pad or tablet, whatever smart device you choose, you will automatically receive every broadcast of Search the Scriptures. It'll go automatically to your, your smart device. But you'll also receive a whole lot more in teaching and study materials. Every day, Monday through I'm sorry, Monday through Sunday, seven days a week you will get a short, about a 13-minute Bible study called Today's Bible Class. Something that's easy to listen to and follow along with while you're driving to work every morning, or coming home from work, or maybe on your lunch break, or taking a break from your daily chores around the house, whatever it might be. Just about 13 minutes every day, but it gets you into God's Word. And then you'll also receive a Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class, and all of our sermons. And our sermons are now being posted in video format as well as audio. And at our website, you can access hundreds of sermons from years gone by. And you can also access hundreds of scripturally based and spiritually focused articles that you can download and read and study through on your own. All of that is offered to you at churchofchrist.com, free and always will be free. So tell your friends, your work associates, your family members, your neighbors, everybody you can, and take advantage of the opportunity yourself. If you would like a copy of this program on CD, we'll tell you how to contact us at the end of the program today. So have a pencil or pen and piece of paper ready and jot that information down. But again, you can always contact us through our website at churchofchrist.com. Just click on the email link, and you can contact us that way. Now, we're going to finish up our lengthy study on the existence of God. This is actually the fifth section of this study. We are talking about why it is logical to believe in God. Why it's logical. Based upon logical reasoning... Faith, as we've emphasized, is defined in the scriptures as the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, substance and evidence, not a wild wish, not an unrealistic belief system, not a wild leap in the dark as some people will accuse Christians of having. No, real faith is based on substance and evidence. Go to any jail, ask any inmate. He can give you a crash course on evidence. He knows exactly what it is. Real faith, Christian faith, is based on evidence. Now, why should we believe in God? Again, we've only looked at this from points of logical reasoning. The existence of morality, a basic level of morality that we all agree to, it's immoral to murder. It's immoral to steal. Most of us would Really shake our heads and say, "Yeah, yeah." Even though we may violate this particular principle of morality, we would say, "Yeah, yeah." It, it's it's immoral to lie too. But we can go down the line. There's a basic standard of morality. Well, for morality to exist, there has to be a moral lawgiver. It can't be us as human beings because we're all over the place. Our minds change, and thereby it cannot be national governments because they're made up of human beings the moral lawgiver is god because god is absolutely moral all the time. Well the same thing is true about goodness. We've emphasized that. If goodness really exists in our world, and we would say well yeah there there is goodness there. I can recognize it. I can see things that are, that are truly good. Well there has to be a source of goodness. And without god You cannot even define goodness because without God as the source of goodness, as the ultimate definition of goodness, again, we're all over the place. It's whatever each one of us feels is good or thinks is good. But there is basic goodness that we recognize and we admit God is that source of goodness. And again, without God, can I cannot even really define goodness well we talked about there are a number of Bible facts listed in ancient Old Testament scripture that point out such things as the earth is round the earth is hanging on nothing in the universe now when those were written down in those ancient times thousands of years thousands and thousands of years ago perhaps In some cases, we did not know those things as mankind did not believe those things. In some cases, it took us thousands of years to finally figure them out. But they're right there in ancient Old Testament scripture. Now, how did those writers know those things? God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is God breathed. It is his very word And God, by his very nature, is all-knowing. Second Timothy three and verse 16. We also talked about the obvious design that is all around us in this world and throughout the universe. And design, intelligent design, requires an intelligent designer. We made the point a house does not just come into being on its own, neither does an automobile, or an airplane, a helicopter, a bridge, or you can go on down the line. We recognize that those particular things are, have obvious intelligent design behind them. And so intelligent design requires an intelligent designer. God is the intelligent designer behind the obvious design that is throughout this world and throughout the universe. This last section we have been looking at emphasizes the existence of real hope. Hope sustains us in life. It is a motivating factor or force in our life. It makes life worth living and gives our life direction and purpose and meaning. Now, we're not talking about hope the way some people think of hope, a wish, a dream, a desire that is not based in reality in a lot of cases. But we're talking about hope as taught in the scriptures, and that is the desire plus the expectation because real New Testament hope is offered us from God and he is described as the God of hope so that the hope that he offers us gives us the opportunity to abound in hope. Romans 15 and verse 13 we have a hope like nothing this world offers on its own this world is well it is physical it's temporary the people who live the longest still die physically the buildings and the structures that remain for the longest period of time still eventually decay and crumble or burn down fall apart But God offers us eternal hope, eternal life with him in heaven. He is the God of hope so that we may abound in hope. And that hope is described as the anchor or an anchor of our soul, both sure and steadfast. No, that hope is not ever going to go away. It's not ever going to dissolve before our very eyes. It's a living hope, 1 Peter 1, verses 3 and 4, that is reserved in heaven for us, and it is a hope that we can hang our hats on and have confidence in, be expectant always of its ultimate realization, because it is given to us by God who cannot lie, Titus chapter 1, and verse 2, the hope, the promise, and so we can expect it, its fulfillment of eternal life with him in heaven. Now, as we look at this last part of this particular section of our study on the existence of God and why the rational, logical evidence to believe in God is overwhelming. It's compelling. When we're talking about hope, let me emphasize that a life that is lived in denial of the existence of God is a life that is lived literally in utter hopelessness. If a person does not believe in God, he has no hope. This life in this world is all there is. And whatever this life throws at him or beats him up with or whatever he might achieve in this life, that's all there is. Doesn't go any farther than that. But God is the God of hope, that we may abound in hope. He offers us an eternal hope, and God does not lie. God cannot lie because that's against his very nature. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 19, and this is an incredible treatise on the resurrection. It's a long chapter within Paul's 1 Corinthians letter great chapter and he looks at he looks at things from the understanding of that that we look forward to a resurrection unto eternal life from a logical perspective and notice this particular point in first corinthians chapter 15 and verse 19 he says if if in this life only we have hope in christ we are of all men the most pitiable Well, let's expand that somewhat. If in this life only we have any hope, then we are pitiable because ultimately we're living a life of hopelessness. The very essence of Christ being our Savior is to lead us into the ultimate realization of ultimate hope that is eternal life with him in heaven. If this world is all there is, we're hopeless. There's nothing for us. But God sent Christ to offer us a hope that is beyond anything this world offers on its own. A life with no hope in God, our creator, With no hope in Christ, our Savior, is a life with no hope whatsoever. None. Now, you stop and analyze that. Think about that. Swish that around in your head for a while and tell me what hope there is without God, without Christ. In Ephesians chapter 2, Verses 11 and 12, the Apostle Paul wrote this. Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, now that means unbelievers, he's writing this to Christians. Some of them had been Gentiles. They had been unbelievers in God. So remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, and that's the difference between the Jews and the Gentiles physiologically, but also had a spiritual application, made in the flesh by hands, that at that time, that is, when before you became a Christian, before you came to believe in God, in Christ, you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. And notice this, having no hope and without God in the world. Having no hope. Paul nailed it. He put it black and white, direct, succinctly. Now, why did they have no hope? Because they were without God in this world. This world was all they had. Without God, they had no hope. And that's the way it is still today. Without God, without Christ, there is no hope. Now, if I'm wrong in that assessment, please, please explain to me what real hope you have. Sustaining hope without God. I'd love to hear from you without God we are basically nothing your life is meaningless nothing really matters I listened to a young lady one time many years ago who had declared herself to be an atheist she looked at a cat up in a branch of a tree I believe and now to her it sounded profound what she was saying She looked at that cat, and I believe a smile came across her face. And she said, I realize that that cat is is no different. I forget the exact words, but basically she was saying, is no different from my little boy. And I stood there appalled at what she was saying. But you see, without God, yeah. That cat is just another life form. It's going to be here on a temporary basis in this world and then die and decay away. Just like her little boy, if there is no God. Is that the reality that you want to embrace if you don't believe in God? Without God, well, we're like that cat or like a rat or like a cockroach. We don't have any real meaning, we just exist. But obviously we're not like those mere animals or insects. We have a soul, we recognize, we understand morality, we understand goodness. We can understand the evidence of the existence of God just through the creation that we see around us, the incredible design. And more and more when we learn the facts of the universe, they point to God as the designer and originator of all that we see around us. We look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And for some time, Early in my adult life, as I would listen to Ecclesiastes being read, I would think, man, that kind of a bummer is the way it sounds. And then much later in life, I came to recognize, I believe, the fact of the matter, that Solomon, who wrote Ecclesiastes, was talking about the way it was for him without his life being centered in God. But a life that is centered in God... Now life is not vanity for that individual but for a life who that is not centered in God life is vanity it's like grasping for the wind it's meaningless in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verses 18 through 20 he wrote this I said in my heart concerning the condition of the sons of men God tests them that they may see that they themselves are like animals For what happens to the sons of men also happens to animals. One thing befalls them. As one dies, so dies the other. Surely, they all have one breath. Man has no advantage over animals, for all is vanity. All go to one place, that would be the grave, to the dust of the ground, basically. All are from the dust, and all return to the dust. Oh yes, you read through Ecclesiastes, it's only 12 chapters long but ultimately you come to the understanding Solomon learned the lesson a life without God yeah all these things vanity vanity mean nothing life is just vanity but ultimately he comes to understand chapter 12 the last two verses. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. This is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. When you die, if there is no God, you'll just cease to exist like any animal you have no more worth than them, ultimately. Now, you might say, you might get angry at that that assessment. Well, you have bought into that particular reality if you don't believe in God. That sounds harsh, but that is the reality of an existence without God. Are you without hope? God is waiting for you. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 2 Peter 3 and verse 9. We all want to cling to hope in life, but real hope requires a true source of hope. And God is the only true source of real hope. We'd like to help you. Be glad to send a free Bible study to you. Be glad to talk with you over the phone. You can contact us at 4 4 02-498-8397 or you can email us through the email link at our website at churchofchrist.com We'd love to talk with you, study with you, pray with you. We'll tell you again how to contact us in just a moment. Let's pray together. Father, you are God, the God, and you are totally good Totally righteous, totally moral, all-knowing, and you are the designer of all the intricate design in the universe around us. Help people to embrace that reality, and in doing so, help them come to you for the only hope that they have, the hope of eternal life, through your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and hear a prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.